tonight, we're looking at the Nazarite vow, and uh, this is an interesting chapter, uh, to me it is, as the Lord tells Moses what the Nazarite vow is, the stipulations, the requirements, and uh, as I take this... Uh, you know, when you think of the Nazarite vow, at least for me, when I think of it, I always think of Samson. And I'll refer to him in just a minute um, as the one that did it. And Samson's Nazarite vow was for life. And so for a little, as a little kid, that's what I thought of as the Nazarite vow. You took it for life. But it, it was a different, it was a, just a set aside part of time. I mean, you could do, you could do, uh, you know, whatever you set aside to the Lord. Now, some historians say, and I didn't find I don't find this in the Word of God, but I, I read that some historians say traditionally the Nazarite vow for the Jew was 30 days. 30 days. Now, you know, whether it was or wasn't doesn't make any difference. Um, but it is, it's an interesting thing to look at. And, and I want to look at the requirements or what they were told to, how they were told to live. Um, but mostly tonight, I, I just, I'm struck by uh, part of this chapter, 9 through 12, when we get there. Um, what God says about when they fail in the vows. And, and so, um, verse 1 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink, and shall drink no vinegar or of wine, or vinegar of strong drink, neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, or meat uh, moist grapes or dried, nor eat moist grapes or dried. So he couldn't have any raisins. I thought that was interesting. Uh, no raisins. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree, from the kernel even to the husk. All the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head, until the days be fulfilled, in the which he separateth himself unto the Lord. He shall be holy, and shall let the locks of, his, of the hair of his head grow. All the days that he separateth himself unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. He shall not make himself unclean for his father, or for his mother, for his brother, or for his sister when they die, because the consecration of his God is upon his head. All the days of his separation he is holy unto the Lord. And if any man die very suddenly by him, and he hath defiled the head of his consecration, then he shall shave his head in the day of his cleansing. On the seventh day shall he shave it, and on the eighth day he shall bring two turtle doves, or young, uh, two young pigeons to the priest, to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall offer the one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering, and make an atonement for him, for that he sinned by the dead, and shall hallow his head that same day. And he shall consecrate unto the Lord the days of his separation, and shall bring a lamb of the first year for a trespass offering. But the days that were before shall be lost, because his separation was defiled." And this is the law of the Nazarite. When the days of his separation are fulfilled, he shall be brought unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and he shall offer his offering unto the Lord, one he lamb of the first year without blemish for a burnt offering, and one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish for a sin offering, and one ram without blemish for peace offering. 
and a basket of unleavened bread, cakes of fine flour mingled with oil, and wafers of unleavened bread anointed with oil, and their meat offering and their drink offering. And the priests shall bring them before the Lord, and shall offer his sin offering and the burnt offering. And he shall offer the ram for a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord with the basket of unleavened bread. The priest shall offer also his meat offering and his drink offering. And the Nazarite shall shave the hair of his separation at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shall take the hair of his head of his separation and put it in the fire which is under the sacrifice of the peace offering. The priest shall take the sodden shoulder of the ram and one unleavened cake out of the basket and one unleavened wafer and shall put them upon the hands of the Nazarite after the hair of his separation is shaven. And the priest shall wave them for a a wave offering before the Lord. This is holy for the priest with the wave breast and heave shoulder. And after that, the Nazarite may drink wine. This is the law of the Nazarite who hath vowed and of his offering unto the Lord for his separation. Beside that... uh, Beside that, that his hand shall get, according to the vow which he vowed, so must he do after the law of his separation. There's, uh, some of that's a little bit hard to follow as you go through the offerings and stuff. I'm not going to look into the offerings tonight, but I want to look at the, uh, the stipulations uh, just briefly this evening. And then uh, God's just requirement for perfection in this time. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the hymns we sang this morning, this evening, and and uh, Lord, thank you for our time together. I ask that you would guide us as we look in your Word. Help us to see uh, your truth. Help us, Lord, to uh, abide by it, to follow it. That it would uh, would gain entrance into our heart tonight. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for our time together. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. I I find this an, such an interesting vow, and I always have, even when I was a little kid. That was an interesting one. As, as a little boy, my dad taught me that men were to have short hair. The Bible says it does not nature itself teach that it is a shame for man to have long hair. And we cut our hair short. And uh, I've, I've never had it over my collar for more than a week. Uh, once it got to my collar, we cut it. And, uh, and so I knew that that was the way I was supposed to be. And I, and I didn't want long hair. Uh, my dad, dad more than said, don't do it. He's like, men just don't do it that way. Uh, and I appreciate that teaching he gave me. So I always wondered about Samson and his long hair, what he must have looked like. And I always viewed it as just the hair, right? Uh, says, but I rarely thought of it as a woman doing the Nazarite vow, especially as a child. Uh, but it says that first, before we get to the hair, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink, shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink, verse 3, neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes or eat moist grapes or dried. Now, he shall eat nothing that is made of the vine tree from the kernel even to the husk. Um, I want to say here, I believe, firmly believe, that all alcohol is wrong. Okay? I do not read this and say, okay, this liquor is, is alcoholic. The Bible says not to look upon the grape juice when it moveth itself aright in the cup. It says, Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink. There are specific verses in the Bible that say it is wrong. right? And so when we look at this, let's not confuse it. The word wine, simply in the Bible, 99% of the time was speaking of grape juice. Just, just grape juice itself. And so... 
this is, that's what this is talking about. You're not going to take anything of, off of the vine, eat it or drink it. It is, it is funny to me that it is even the dried grapes. I, I wouldn't have thought of raisins being in the Bible times. I'm sure they weren't called that, but that's what it was. Um, anyway, so he was to refrain from all of that. It's an interesting thing, but it was a sacrifice. That was, that was, a, that was a, a specialty thing to them, right? They treasured their grapes. So they had to give up that. And then it says, uh, verse 5, All the days of the vow is separation, shall no razor come upon his head. All right, he and her both. The woman is not to cut her hair. The man is not to have a razor upon his head until the days of his separation. So, uh, I wondered how hairy Samson was. I like the crazy pictures they show. They show some long hair down here. But it's probably way past his waist, and his beard's got to be that long too. Samson was a mountain man. He was, <laughs> he was a rough-looking guy. And so they, they were letting their hair grow. There was nothing they were going to do to take away from their service with God. They didn't even have time to take a razor out and cut their hair. No time to bob it off or, or to shorten it whatsoever. They certainly didn't shave their beard. They had their hair growing. And then it says in verse uh, verse 6 through 8, All the days that he separateth himself unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. Verse 7 is, is an amazing one to me. He shall not make himself unclean for his father. So if his dad dies, his mom dies, his brother dies, his sister dies, he is not allowed to go near them. He can't go and and defile himself with their body. You look at that, you look at that and that's, that's the most difficult one for me to view. But what is it? This is a time they are wholly given unto God. They're wholly given unto God. My focus, my life, if I'm the Nazarite, is focused only on Him. Not even to the point that I can stop and go and bury my father. The rest of the family understands and they have to take care of that at that point. So no grapes, no razor, no dead body. Then you see in verse 9, And if any man die very suddenly by him, and he hath defiled the head of his con- consecration, this, this says, to the point that if I was walking down the road, and my buddy was suddenly killed, okay, an animal attacked him and killed him, or, or some accident happened and he was killed, I am defiled by this dead body. Now you'd think, okay, well that's not his fault, it's, a, it's incidental, right? He's innocent in this action. But it doesn't take that into consideration. Then he shall shave his head in the day of his cleansing. On the seventh day shall he shave it. He's going to bring these, these offerings in verse 10. And uh, verse 12 says, And he shall consecrate unto the Lord the days of his separation, shall bring a lamb of the first year for a trespass offering, but the days that were before shall be lost, because his separation was defiled. Now when you first read that, it's like, that is not fair. And that's what we think in our mind. That's not fair. But why was he doing it? Because holiness is treasured by God. It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a matter of what's fair and what's not. It's a matter of what's right and what's wrong. That's what that came down to. 
So the, the person, you know, accidentally walks up on a dead person or walks up on a dead animal. What did Samson was, Samson defiled himself by taking the honey out of the carcass of a lion, right? He, he did a couple things wrong. But this is, this is an accident, and it happens that way, and they have to start over from scratch. I was considering this, and, and you know the, the commitments we make under the Lord are the same? Not that I have to start over from scratch, but God views them the same way, with the same gravity. It's not a light thing when we make a commitment unto the Lord. It says in the Bible that you are commanded to be holy. What's the Bible say? Be ye holy, for I am holy. I am to strive to be sinless. I know that I'm not going to be. But I can't use that as an excuse. So many times in my own life, I've looked at that as like, well, well Paul said that he's, he tries to do good and he does bad, and he tries not to do, not to do bad and he does... Forget it. The good that I would, I do not. And the evil that I would not, that I do. I shouldn't try to paraphrase anything, right? And I've used that as an excuse in my life so many times. Well, Paul knows that he was going to sin. And I know that tomorrow I'm going to sin. Well, that is probably a fact. But that does not give me excuse to not strive to be holy. Because what does God look at this as in, in our life? I say that I'm a Christian. I say that I'm a follower of Christ. Then I am to strive to be like Him. I don't have an excuse. My vow to the Lord is, I will follow you all my days. My vow to the Lord is, I've given you my heart and soul. You are my, my Father. That's my vow. So when the Bible says, be holy, for I am holy, I am to follow these things and to understand that God views it that way. This man that corrupted himself by the dead body is innocent of wrongdoing, but he still has to be cleansed. He still had to start over. Be pretty tough if you were in 60 days or 59 days out of 60 and you had to start over. But if you're going to do the commitment that you said you were going to do, you would do it. You would be willing to go back and start over. In this commitment, there is no place for error. And, and in my life, there is no place for sin with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Fourteen through eighteen. Familiar passage again here, but it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, 
and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. You know, I... Not to lift any man up or any person up, but I, I look around this room and I praise the Lord that we have a church here that is separate. I praise God that I, I, I can say honestly that, that I see in you all a, a, a desire to follow God, to be separate from this world. It says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That goes beyond marriage. That goes beyond marriage. It's partnerships. It's ties in life. I'm not to have them with the unbeliever. Now, obviously, we have to work in an unbelieving world. We have to work with unbelievers. But those that have influence and those that have say and those that are, in, that are an integral part of my life, they're not to be unbelievers. My dad always taught, and I, and I agree with him, that if I was to go into a business partnership, I'm to do it with a believer. Because their motives and my motives will be the same. Their goal and my, my goal will be the same. We're going to be looking to glorify God. We're going to be looking to, to be a witness to those that were around. So I'd have no part of this world. <clears throat> be not unequally yoked together. What agreement, verse 16, hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. Wherefore, verse 17, because of this, because of what I've just told you, come out from among the world and be ye separate. Be different. Be apart. We looked at being unspotted from the world this morning. That is to be my testimony. That is to be your testimony. This world has no hold, no influence on my life. Why? Because God values holiness. Because He's my Father and I'm seeking to please Him. Not so I could be different. I see some in religion that, that just value being different. That's not the goal. The goal is to be set apart so I honor and glorify God in my life. So that the world that sees me sees Him. That they, that they see my good works and glorify my Father which is in heaven. I'm to be separate because that's what He desires. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. If you've touched the unclean thing, what's it, what do you say if you take that verse the other way around? I will not receive you. If we regard iniquity in our heart, what's the Bible say? The Lord will not hear us. I don't lose my salvation, but He doesn't respond. The fellowship is broken. That closeness is severed if I'm regarding iniquity in my heart. If I've touched the unclean thing. If, I've have, a, if I have a part of the world. If I, if, I'm un, if I touch not the unclean thing, He says, I will receive you and be a father unto you. I'll direct you. I'll guide you. I'll protect you. I'll be there for you. We are to have no companionship with this world whatsoever. Whatsoever. I, I, I've thought about that a lot. I've heard it all my life. So 43 years I've been taught to be separate from the world. To have no part in it. And I contemplated and contemplated how, how do you do that exactly? 
What does that look like? Well, I think Cornelius was a pretty good example this morning as we looked at him. A devout man, one that feared God in his house. A man that was giving alms, was taking care of those around him, was compassionate and caring, and that fasted and prayed. That's going to make us different. We're not to look down on those around us. It doesn't make us better. I find that in Christianity far too often. The separation somehow goes to our head and we think we're better than someone else. And forgetting that, but by the grace of God, I'm right there too. I have to be so careful about that when I'm running the bus on Wednesday nights. That those that I come around, I can have compassion on. Instead of looking down at them thinking, oh, you could do so much better. If you just had a little bit of motivation, you could do so much better. They're in bondage. But by the grace of God, I could be there too. We can't get ourselves lifted up, but we have to be separate from this world. To be separate and, and humble and, and, and following God submitted to Him. And He will bless us. This, this chapter to me is so amazing, verse chapter 6 of, of Numbers, because... God values holiness. What you say to Him is not a light thing. The vows we make before the Lord, He, he, under, he treasures those things. He requires us to meet those vows. I made a vow before God that I would be with my wife till the day is dead. <laughs> till death does us part. We, we, we do not entertain Divorce. Why? Because Not because I made the vow in front of my parents and her parents and, my, and our families, although that's important, but that I made the vow before God. And that when I make that vow, I'm to be wholly dedicated to it. Well, our vows to God are important. How do we view them? How do we walk every day? This person came upon a dead, dead body accidentally had to go and shave his head and start all over because God does not allow sin. God does not allow imperfection. I'm thankful for that. That's not a burden. Praise the Lord that when we get to heaven, it's perfect. Praise the Lord that when we get there, there's no sin allowed. Because of that, there's no death. Because of that, there's no sorrow. Because of that, there's no separation. There's no conflict. It's a life that we can't imagine because it's going to be perfectly peaceful for all of eternity. Because God demands holiness. Are we going to be holy this week? Be holy, for I am holy. Let's pray. Lord, I praise you for your word. Praise you, Lord, for your, for your holiness. I am grateful. I am so thankful, Lord, that you are perfect that you do not allow sin. Lord, that you've conquered sin and death. And Father, help us this week to just strive to please you. Lord, to be humble servants. To be separate from this world. Lord, not to be different, but to be close to you. That we would be uh, walking in your fellowship, in your presence, and knowing the joy that comes when we're walking with you. 
Lord, help us not to be distracted by the things of this world. Get our focus and mind off of you and onto these things. Lord, that we will follow you and, and have discretion in everything that we do. Give us wisdom. Give us strength. Thank you for loving us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. Out early today.